Hey there guys, welcome or welcome back to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I'm your host as always, Chris Desmond, and this is a place where we explore the science, the stories and strategies of getting out of our comfort zones so we can find where the magic happens for us. Now this is the last episode of 2017 before we roll into uh, 2018 and it's going to be a little bit different to my usual offering uh, where I sit down and have a conversation with someone about their story and about how they go about getting uncomfortable and also a little bit different to what we've been doing recently on the Fridays with the little mini episodes, uh, more about the science and the strategies of helping yourself get uncomfortable. What I thought I would do is sit down and share a little bit of a recap of maybe the top five things that have uh, made me uncomfortable this year and what I've learned from them how I've, uh, and a little bit about how I've approached them as well. But before we jump into that, I just want to say thank you for everyone that has tuned in this year. Uh, whether you've listened to one episode or two episodes or whether you've you've listened to the whole lot because this year has been pretty cool. It's been the second year of having the podcast going. The first year was kind of just to see, hey, actually, can I do this and will anyone listen? Um, yes to both, uh, obviously. Um, this year has been more about Building my skill set as uh, someone that asks questions, uh, building my philosophy on getting uncomfortable to the point where actually I I feel that I'm able to offer some pretty good advice around getting out of your comfort zone now, as you will have seen with those five mini episodes that we've done. So this year we put out 58 episodes, which is pretty, pretty epic. So we're closing in on episode number 100 um, and just kind of brainstorming some ideas about what's going to be coming for that. If you guys have any ideas about what you'd like to hear in episode 100 as a little bit of a celebration, um, I'm always open to suggestion. Hit me up on social media about that. Uh, and also, if you have any suggestions for guests that you'd like to hear on the show next year, or many topics that you would like me to touch on uh, in our Friday episodes, also fire me a message on, on social media. Um, you'll find me at Uncomfortable Is Okay on Facebook and Instagram, or Chris Desmond NZ on Twitter. Um, about who you'd like to hear from or what you'd like to hear about that can help you guys get out of your comfort zones. So anyway, on to the uncomfortable uh, moments of, of 2017. The first one is, well, it's, it's probably not super uncomfortable, but I think it's a, a value, was a valuable learning uh, exercise for me. So I really enjoy traveling and really enjoy getting out and, and seeing new things. Um, and at this time last year, I was fortunate enough to be on my way to Hong Kong and Japan um, to spend a couple of weeks over there. Um, spent Christmas uh, in Hong Kong with my, my wife and my parents, which was awesome. 
Um, and then we went on to Japan, just uh, Julia and I, for a couple of weeks. You might have seen some pictures on social media about that. And Japan is a like it's a it's an amazing place, and I would definitely suggest to to people if they get the opportunity to go there. Um, it's a uh, it's really fascinating how many similarities it has to New Zealand, but also how many differences it has as well in the the way things are done, um, the culture, and and the attitudes, and. One thing that I really enjoy about going to to travel is to see the the different ways that things are done, the different approaches people take to to life in general, um, and just doing things on a day to day basis. Um, in Japan, it, it definitely wasn't the most uncomfortable place that I've I've ever travelled. Um, there are potentially um, some spots in South America. Or uh, maybe some a couple of neighbourhoods in in Manila and the Philippines have been much more uncomfortable than Japan. Um, it's it's safe, easy travelling, but going to a place like Japan really brings different perspectives to me about the way that I think about how we do things. That the way that the Japanese approach tasks and and approach life is at times kind of really, really different. Um, and it just kind of hammers home to me the point that there isn't just one right way to do things. So the way that I like to do something may be completely different to the way someone else likes to do something, but they end up in the same re- same result. So there is there's no one right way to get something done or to achieve something that you want to achieve. So that was my first one. Second one probably was a little bit more uncomfortable for me. Um, back in March, I stopped drinking. So I'd always been kind of what you'd probably refer to as a uh, as a binge drinker. Um, and really, yeah, really kind of enjoyed kind of going out, partying with friends. Um, and yeah, just indulging in alcohol really over the last couple of years i've i've stopped enjoying it nearly as much um, and was getting to the point where actually uh alcohol was probably taking more from me than what i was getting from it and it hadn't hadn't always been that way um but it just kind of started affecting my life in in negative ways um more than i wanted it to so I made the decision earlier this year to to have a year off from drinking um and to kind of uh, just sort of reassess where I was where I was at. So I'm 9 months into that process at the moment. Um and I actually I have had one beer in that 9 months time. Um I showed up to a meeting, got there a little bit late and someone had already bought me a beer. And I thought, well, I haven't had a drink for five months. Um, I mean, it's this year off was kind of about re-evaluating sort of my approach to drinking. If I sit down and have this one beer, like it's not going to be, it's not going to be the end of me. So I sat down and drank it and uh, actually 
didn't particularly enjoy it at all at the time that I was drinking and didn't particularly enjoy how it made me feel afterwards. Um, but it's been, it has been a little bit uncomfortable in terms of drinking had been part of my life for quite a while and it had become a little bit of a habit um, and at times it had become a little bit of a way or something that I leaned on to help me kind of numb out uncomfortable experiences and I think a lot of people in New Zealand probably use it for the uh, alcohol for that sort of to approach uncomfortable situations or to sort of recover from uncomfortable situations as well. Um, and I think that's the that's the kind of the big takeaway that I've taken from having nine months off drinking is that actually I've got a lot better at sitting with those uncomfortable feelings. I haven't used alcohol to try and numb those feelings or try and ignore them that I've actually had to sit down and deal with them at the time, um, which has allowed me to move forward from them much more easily um, and process them a lot uh, with a lot clearer head as well. So they haven't they haven't lingered around for as long as perhaps they previously would. But it has been uncomfortable in people asking you, oh, why, why don't you drink? Um, why have you, why have you stopped? Um, and I probably have avoided a couple of situations that I may have otherwise gone to. Um, especially in the early stages when I, when I first stopped drinking, but have got to the point now where actually, I'm reasonably reasonably comfortable going along to things where other people are drinking and actually just having a, a soda or a or a lemonade or something something similar or even just just some water and sitting down having a chat with mates and uh enjoying it without alcohol. Um so that discomfort actually has turned into something that I'm comfortable with now. So that was That was my second point is that something that I was uncomfortable with has now become more comfortable and also I've got better at sitting with uncomfortable situations and thoughts and feelings and processing them um, because of the, the decision that I made earlier this year. Number three was I jumped out of a plane. So, well, it was a few months ago now. Uh, My friend Alex here, who you guys would have heard on the podcast um, about four or five months ago, um, just before she set off to sail on the Clipper Around the World Yacht Race, she ran a quiz evening. Um, and one of the one of the spot prizes was a whole bunch of stuff, um, but included a skydive, a tandem skydive with Abel Tasman skydive, which surprisingly I won, um, which was which was really cool. So we set off one weekend down to down to Nelson to stay with some mates there, and for me to go and jump out of a plane. Now I have skydived before. Um, that was about eight or nine years ago, I think, maybe nine years ago. 
uh, down in Queenstown with some other mates and really enjoyed the experience. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do this again because uncomfortable is okay. I can, I can talk the talk, but I need to be able to walk the walk with it as well. Um, and put myself in uncomfortable situations. Uh, and what's more uncomfortable than jumping out of a perfectly good plane? So, uh, we were, we were over there on the Saturday morning. I planned to jump early and then we could enjoy the rest of the day. But get this call about an hour before due to jump, just saying, hey, the the weather's a little bit rubbish. Um, we're just going to push you back until lunchtime with your jump. And I thought, okay, that's that's cool. We'll we'll do that. Um, so showed up uh, showed up at the skydive place about an hour beforehand just to get prepped. Um, and the weather was still a little bit dodgy. So there was a bit of humming and harring about whether to go up or, or not. Um, and at one point the, the lady came over and said, hey, look, weather's still not a hundy. Um, we're probably about 50-50 whether we go up or not. I thought, okay, that's cool. They'll, they'll obviously make a, a decision about um, kind of the safety as appropriate. Um, and if they decide to go, then obviously it's uh, it's, it's pretty safe. These guys are, are super reputable. Um Unfortunately, my wife overheard that and, and thought, if they're only 50-50, then maybe you maybe shouldn't go. Um, thankfully, uh, we were able to, she headed off and, and had some lunch with one of my other mates um, while I was doing the prepping. Um, so one thing that I don't particularly like is, I'm not a... Um, not a great fan of flying, which is unfortunate for uh, enjoying traveling. And I'm also not a great fan of heights as well. So the probably the scariest thing for me was actually getting up into that plane um, and, and going up the sort of 10-minute flight to get up to the appropriate height, then sitting on the edge of the plane before falling off um, and actually I'm starting to get some butterflies in my stomach just kind of talking about it now and remembering that that feeling um, my shoulders are kind of tensing up and just starting to starting to buzz a little bit which is which is fascinating because it was a couple of months ago um, so basically this is this is scary as hell for me going up in the plane jump uh, it was a tandem skydive and the guy that I was skydiving with um i think had been skydiving for as long as i'm alive um so i'm i was 33 then so 34 now so i was in pretty good hands with them but it was still i was still packing myself but then the the free fall on the way down and then the parachuting was just um it was incredible just kind of falling through the air um, with the ground rushing up at you and then kind of just sailing down over um, over Nelson over over Abel Tasman it's just such a such a beautiful spot to to look at um, that the, the feeling was amazing and the adrenaline rush followed by that that buzz of just kind of relaxing and, and looking out was again that's that's something that I would recommend anyone to do so the big takeaway for me from that one was 
to trust in the process as well. I mean, this is a this is a pretty scary thing jumping out of the jumping out of a plane, but just in New Zealand, hundreds of people jump out of a plane every day and land safely and have an absolutely amazing experience. And it's just it's just phenomenal. So taking the time to actually just trust that process and enjoy that process. Um, and it's sometimes, it's something that I don't always do, but that's kind of re- reflecting on it. That's just sort of brought that back home for me. Just going to have a sip of water, actually. Oh, it's better. Um, right, number four. Um, some of you guys may have checked out this episode. Uh, I ran an ultra marathon this year, so it was it was about sixty k's around the hills of Wellington. So there was about two and a half kilometers of elevation going up and down peaks in this as well. So not a nice flat one. And I've run marathons before, um, but kind of one of the goals that I set for myself at the start of 2017 was to to push my physical limits a little bit and this was a this was a big test for me to see how long I could go for and um, just to to see what I was capable of so I won't go into too much detail um, because you guys can go back and have a listen to the the Woo2k bonus episode if you're interested in kind of how my training went Um, I did a little bit of a time lapse as I uh, over the weeks as I trained and then led up to the race. Um, suffice to say that it was pretty painful physically and it was pretty painful mentally. Uh, probably more painful mentally. The hardest part for me was K's 15 to, um, oh sorry, K 25 to kilometer about 40. Um, I knew the last 20 K was going to be painful and and it was it was tough and I was I was struggling with it but that that 15k there when I was kind of expecting to still feel okay to to find it tough but to to be going okay that was a that was a bit of a slog and that was a bit of a struggle and there were times that I just felt like sitting down and and just kind of lying down on the on the track and thinking, oh no, what am I doing this for? What have I signed this up for? Um, but I managed to finish, thankfully, in about nine hours and, and twenty five minutes. Um, I think the fastest person did it in about five and a half hours, which is just ridiculously quick. The second fastest was about six fifteen, and then the the person I think that that crossed the line last was about 12 and a half hours. So it's probably about middle of the pack, but it was, it was the heart, one of the hardest physical things that I've, I've ever done, but also it was pretty hard mentally. Um, and the, the point that I took away from that is that it's really amazing what you can accomplish. Um, if you can convince your mind that you can, so often we limit ourselves and what we what we push for based on what the stories that we tell ourselves and what our what our mind says that we can do whereas with with running this I was coming up to the coming up to the finish line I had a couple of hundred meters to go and I managed to put on a burst of speed 
uh, in the last couple of hundred meters just to kind of push over the line as everyone else was, everyone was there watching. Um, at least it felt like speed for me. It was definitely faster than what I had been doing, uh, but I have seen myself filmed with it um, and it wasn't super fast. So I may be, I may be being generous to myself then. So the fifth thing, uh, uncomfortable thing for me this year was um, I got a coach and I have had, I previously had like lots of physical coaches and sports coaches and trainers um, to, to push myself with that. But I actually got a coach for the podcast um, and I've been working with uh, Joel Bouzade for the last three months. Um, you guys will probably remember him from episode uh, 67. It was, it's one of the top three most downloaded episodes this, this year, um, for very good reason. Um, he's, he's a great guy with amazing insights. So definitely go back and have a listen to that episode. I was always a little bit reticent about getting a, a coach for kind of, uh, mental skills or for, for the podcast. Um, I think because I had been trained kind of to have that physical coach and then just to think, oh, I can figure this stuff out for myself. It was something that, that challenged me for a few months um, in the lead up to it. I wasn't sure exactly why I needed to to have a coach, but like some of the things that I've found with that is I've had a lot of ideas for the podcast and a lot of things that I want to, to do almost too many of them and you guys have probably heard me talk before about having your mind like someone's just tossed a barocca into a glass of water and it just fizzing around all over the place that's what my mind was like with the ideas that I had um lots of great ideas but didn't know where to start and like Joel has he's really streamlined helped me streamline my ideas into something coherent that um, I can approach and uh, work through in a, in a systematic way and, uh, and getting some stuff ready actually for next year to, to bring out based on the work that we've been doing with that. Um, he's also been really beneficial about creating plans of action with me that I stick to and um, kind of creating that accountability. So it's been that the coaching has definitely been time and money well spent in that regard. Um, it's been, and he's just a fantastic dude as well. So it's great to, great to go and just sort of have a, have a bit of a hang with them as well. Talk, talk coaching stuff, but also talk other stuff as well. Um, so if you guys want to, if you guys want to check him out as well, I'll put a link to his, uh, his website and his social stuff in the notes for the show as well. Um, he's a fantastic coach. Um, and he's actually running, I think he's running a seminar or, or webinar early in 2018, um, about coaching as well and about kind of what that offers. So if you guys are thinking about getting a coach, then what you should do is definitely head over, check that stuff out that, that he's doing. Um, he might be the right coach for you guys or actually something else might, um, he might just kind of spark something else in you as well. 
So takeaway from that is probably to actually get a coach. It's very valuable. Now, 2017 has been a has been a fun year for me. I've got to meet a whole lot of really interesting people. I've got a whole heap of support from um, from you guys listening, from a few other people behind the scenes with helping put on the podcast, um, with kind of uh, website creation, and there will be a, a uncomfortable is okay official website early next year um i'm building it myself so it's taking a little bit longer um but again that's been a fun uncomfortable process so you'll have that to look forward to one of the big things that i've been working on with joel and kind of working on as well as creating some strategies and distilling all the the interviews and the conversations that I've had as well as the reading that I've done into some strategies to help people get out of their comfort zone. Um, so I've distilled the, the best knowledge and tips from Olympians, filmmakers, CEOs, founders, adventurers, musicians, actors, athletes, doctors and everyone in between uh, to create an online course um, for people like yourselves, so that hopefully, like these experts, um, you'll be able to become comfortable getting uncomfortable. So I know it's scary to leave your comfort zone, um, but that's what I want to help people with is getting out of their comfort zones, embracing the uncomfortable um, so that they can find their magic too. So with this with this initial course, what I'm doing is I am running it for free, um, and especially for listeners of the show, um, it's a great way to kind of give something back to you guys for all your support over the course of the year. So if you want to sign up to this course, it'll be kicking off kind of mid-end of January, head over to getoutofmycomfortzone.com, put in your email address there to sign up um, and then I'll be in touch via email with one quick question before we start the course and that one is going to be what's the biggest question you want answered about how to get out of your comfort zone um, and then we'll get into that over a four or six week period with you guys so again go to getoutofmycomfortzone.com to sign up for this free online course um, about the strategy of getting out of your comfort zone that you can apply in your day-to-day life to the challenges that you're facing. So that's one of the cool things that's happening with Uncomfortable Is Okay in 2018. Another one that we're starting up is um, mastermind groups where we can all come together um, and help each other through uncomfortable situations and give each other support in chasing our big, hairy, audacious, uncomfortable goals that we want to achieve for next year. So that is again coming soon in 2018. Um, feel free to send me a message on 
uh, on Facebook or Instagram or even email, uncomfortableisokay at gmail.com if you want to be a part of that. And one other interesting thing that we're going to be doing in 2018 are some live podcast events in Wellington. I'm going to sit down with a couple of guests and facilitate a conversation around a topic. So if you're in Wellington, watch out for those coming up as well. Um, they're going to be they're going to be live. Um, we're going to sit down in front of an audience to do this, which is going to be slightly uncomfortable. But also, um, we'll record them as well. Uh, the audio from them so that uh, you guys can have a listen to it at some point too. But 2018 for me is about getting a bit more uncomfortable as well. The podcast is, it's been going well, but actually I've got to the point where it is, it's kind of comfortable for me. So Again, it's time to, to push a little bit harder to get myself uncomfortable with these new projects that I'm working on um, that are also hopefully going to to give you guys uh, a lot back as well, a lot more information, a lot more interaction with, with me and with the kind of whole uncomfortable is okay concept. So again... Thank you to everyone who's supported the show this year by listening, by sharing it on social media, um, by telling your telling your mates and your mum about it, um, by donating a few bucks on our Patreon account, uh, by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes, by f- sending me a positive message. They mean a lot, actually, guys. Um, I'm al- always really stoked to, to get them. Um. Thanks to the guys that have worked hard behind the scenes to help me out with things, specifically Rich Fortune. Um, He's he's been amazing with uh, kind of some advice around the whole IT side of things. Thank you, as always, to my brother Jeremy Desmond for the amazing theme music. Um, It's yeah, it's truly truly awesome. Um, thank you to my wife Julia for allowing me the space to go and do this stuff um, because it lights me up it's super cool um, so guys just uh, Merry Christmas I hope you guys have all had a, a fantastic Christmas day have a very happy new year stay safe uh, especially if you're travelling stay safe on the roads stay safe but get a little bit uncomfortable as well. And we will catch you guys again early 2018. Thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me this year. Bye.